Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the Eco Wild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoors Podcast. I'm uh, sitting here in Heflin, Alabama, at the Woodhaven Custom Calls headquarters. Mike Pentecost. Mike, how are you doing? I'm exhausted. <laughs> Jacob, how are you doing over there? Doing well, Stinger. doing well. Not as, not as, I'm, I'm, I'm not probably not nearly as tired as, uh, as Mike is, but also I didn't kill turkey this morning either. So. Hey, <laughs> you know, this sets up real well because, you know, we were kind of brainstorming about what we wanted to talk to you about. And uh, we hunted this morning, uh, and you hunted this morning. We got our butts whooped. We didn't hear anything. We walked all over the place, didn't see a turkey. And then we pull up here, and you wave at us, and you pop your trunk, and there's a there's a turkey. <laughs> we like, well, had a good morning. I had to get him out of the coffin. Yeah. I, gave, I gave him his last ride in a pine box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we was, you know, I killed turkey, um, I guess it was Wednesday morning in South Georgia, I mean, and then got home, we had storms and stuff yesterday and actually turned into a real good day. I wanted to get in the woods yesterday, but you know, just can't. You got work to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, it's a crazy time of year. So, I mean, it, it's, it pushes me kind of to the max to try to be in the woods some. And, and I mean, I like that love to do that and everything. But, you know, I tell everybody all the time, I said, you know, I start turkey hunting on tax day, April 15th, my day. And you know, doggone, I mean, worked out this morning so yeah uh, yeah so yeah that's one of the things that i think one of the main subjects this episode we wanted to talk about is here in alabama we start in march a lot of guys get out in that early season time frame and you know some of them had success some of them don't and now we're in kind of like the big change where spring is really starting right now everything's starting to green up the temperature's really changing and it's a noticeable difference from early season and a lot of people kind of fall off the map when that happens uh, they start struggling and everything whereas you like you just said you don't even really like to start hunting until this late that's right uh so that that's something that we definitely want to dive into um so to start out why is it that you like to start this late well i mean it's an evolution type thing for me i mean i've had to learn a different game uh if i had the time uh i call it long game and short game Back when I didn't have the responsibility of the company and everything I have now, and, and uh, you know, as things just grew, I mean, I, I would just take and I'd start and hunt all the time anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. earlier, I would start early and, and hunt all I could and go every place I could. I mean, I used mm-hmm. to travel all over and still, I mean, I'm still traveling all over, but I'm talking about concentrating on the thought of right here. Uh, I just learned from experience what was going on in the woods i mean and i was forced because of my duties here with the company running the turkey call company and then it's got better and successful we've been blessed you know so as it's ramped up and everything i mean i'm blessed now to have uh, you know, some people that can actually really help me i mean they're they're you know they run as much as i, I mean you know as much as i'm doing i mean they're doing a bunch of it myself but we've grown a lot too it's truly uh evolution i mean of learning what was going on so i've got that those um that catalog of data in my brain and everything what's really going on but then i was forced in there to to early season not to not to worry about it you know i just quit i mean we had a lot of out of town guys coming in, and our season used to open March fifteenth. And I mean, we it just had all that stupid pressure. A lot of times the weather wasn't right; birds just really wasn't where they need. I mean, and I, I mean, I caught, but I had to develop a short game. I mean, because usually I dock anybody. Else. I want to go. 
I want to walk way back in there. I want to leave the house at 3.30 and I want to walk way back in and be back in there. And when, and, but that costs time. And when time is not your friend and it's not something you can contribute at the time to go hunt, I mean, time being that, you know, the energy you've got to spend. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little older too, boys. I'm, you know, wisdom gains you some things, but it takes things, you know, but, uh, you know, it, that uh, that forced me though, having the company and everything to do the short game. So I had to develop a short game, and what I mean by that was I'm going to go and I'm going to listen and inventory. And if I have a turkey close enough, it, you know, I might work. It might be kill a turkey early, but I'm not in. I'm not concerned. That doesn't bother me. But I'm going to cut my losses i'm gonna go listen and locate maybe do a little scouting whatever um and then you know we hiking taking my gun for a lovely walk in the morning you know (laughs) but because i don't have time to dedicate at that point at the early part of the season and um i mean tax days when i that's basically when used to the company Shipping calls out and everything slowed down to a point that it was bearable for me to usually be gone deeper and hunt deeper those days. So, but having the short game and learning a new a new game and what turkey hunting is, it ain't all walk back to the back of the back 40 and be five miles and anybody and everything. I ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had, I had, I had kids and T-balls and baseball this and that near is spring i was coach i mean you know evenings i would be coaching and stuff so i mean i didn't have the time to go dedicate to so i learned the short game and that was just going and locating and and, and giving myself that information if i got a turkey close i might get in there and work him and that's fine but i had to get out and get back so but all that data over those years it gave me that ability to put into action the short game the way i know it and what i need to do to kill a turkey on the short game and it gave me uh the information on what you know i learned to had to deal with guys i had to learn to deal with where the pressure was and so over the years i've learned to read you and you and the net you know i've learned to read what that and i i kind of have the mindset of what that guy's Whoever that guy, I mean, I kind of understand what's pressure and where the pressures come from. So I've developed a different way to come to these turkeys, and I, you know, and I know what I'm looking for. And I mean, yeah, there's some dead or some called to and, and boogered and all that stuff. But if you know woodsmanship and can get yourself in the right place, the result's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'll, there's so much here I want to dive into um, that you just brought up because the short game is something that I, I find very fascinating with that success going out, just kind of keep inventory and some birds kind of knowing where some birds are at. And then when you have the availability, go in there and kind of kill them on your time instead of most guys kind of early season, they're gun ho, you know, they're, they're running the gun and they're trying to find a bird. Sometimes they're killing birds. Sometimes they're not, they might not be killing birds. Then they get to this point of the year and they're, they're they feel a little worn down. Maybe they've been hunting, you know, 10, 15, 20 times, depending on how, what point of the day, the season we're in. Um, there's a lot that's happened. There's a, there's a lot that's happened for, for some individuals. And with a short game, your success late season is something that I, I really want to highlight with this uh, because everybody thinks that these turkeys are 
shot up. They're dead. They're they're like in they're they burgered, they're, they're in burgered the up. They went to private because we're talking about public <laughs> land here. Uh, all the non-residents killed the birds. Whatever you want to <laughs> say. But there's still turkeys out there that you're able to find and be able to kill. And you just killed one this morning. And I'd love for you to maybe even touch on this hunt from this morning as we kind of go into some more of these questions, but also dealing with some of those different, the hunting pressure of guys coming in there, kind of maybe messing up some birds, but understanding what the average guy is doing when he's hunting out there and how you're able to come in from a different way. Again, different axe point, call to that bird from a different position. That maybe he hasn't been called to, which gives you a leg up on potentially be able to kill that turkey. I mean, and, and what you say is all true, though. They've been called to, pressured, everything. Now, the state of Alabama has changed our season dates, which a lot has been changing in a lot of states now. We're trying to do more data and research on turkey uh, nesting and trying to make our numbers go back up because everybody's having. Uh, you know, the debate is, you know, why are, why are our numbers down and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I just think they're doing so many things with that. That's, that's, I'll, I'll try not to diverse into that subject, but, you know, I just think they've got so many, uh, they've, they're, they're got so many things implemented. I don't know if it, any, if it works. Okay. What part worked? Did you have to have all of those parts for it to work? Did the season have to, did we have to reduce the numbers? Uh, you know, we went from. When I was growing up, it was six a year, and then it went to five, and now it's down to four. I mean, it, it, do we have to reduce the number of kills? Do we need to take the dates back? But the, taking the dates back is where I was going with this. Used to, we opened March 15th. It used to be March 20, and then the management area opened on the 25th, and it was for long. And then it got to be kind of standard quo March 15th. And it's like, by being an early season like that, you got a big influx of guys from out of state and everything, wanting to come into the national forest and the management and whatnot. And, and, and I get it. I mean, I, you know, a lot of guys get angry about all them old out of towners and everything. I say, embrace it and be done. I mean, if you had a chance to go, it's up to you. You can go to their state too, you know, whatever, when their state opens. But I mean, that pressure, the influx into early city, March 15th, you, that was one of the early open at Mississippi still opened, I think, that what that early this year. And you just, you know, there was people killing turkeys and they had an influx of uh, out of state hunters. I mean, the guys are going to go. They're anxious to get back out there and be getting in the woods and turkey woods. And like I said, it's fun at that time. But then, um, you know, the, the, there's turkey hunters and then there's turkey killers. I mean, you know, and I, you just, you just, I mean, and that's not, I guess a turkey killer is just a, another word to say a, a serious turkey hunter. Uh, and you, you enjoy the different aspects of it. You know, as you get older, as I'm getting now, I mean, I, I, I truly enjoy more of my time in the woods and I've enjoyed what I still do, the walk in the, I mean, I enjoy that. You know, uh, I think I'm, my perception is off the charts now. I mean, or, you know, I know that's um, that's a big, big part, and that would be a word that I would put into this, uh, you know, this idea, this model of what you're trying to ask me is perception. How you have to perceive what the turkeys are doing, what they've been through, what they're looking at. You got to perceive it in a turkey's world. You've got to put your mindset into that turkey world. And you got to look at the, where the pressure's coming from every day 
down the logging road, down this edge, down this field edge. Where's the truck stopping every time, every day? The trucks are going up and down that gravel and hoo 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 and cow 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 cow. Well, the newest bestest and everything they got, you know, and the turkeys get 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 immune to that. And you know, you like in my woods now. You want to go? I'll give you a perfect example. Used to, and I don't know what exactly 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20, though you could hear a vehicle popping gravel. Guys getting there late. You've been there since 5 o'clock in the morning or 4.30 or whatever, and you're deep in there and on the backside of a mountain. and But you can hear that gravel. Good, cool morning and everything. You hear that gravel popping, and turkeys would gobble. At that, and they'll still gobble at the cracking, you know, the popping gravel and everything sometimes. But just to the point now, when the gravel's popping, zip, them turkeys go quiet. And so if you're in there early, you know what's going on and, you know, and they're going quiet, then, you know, sometimes you can even hear the truck stop, the owl hoot, the box call or the whatever. And, you know, and you hear the truck doors slam again and off goes the gravel. And then sometime 10 minutes later, turkey will gobble again. Having that information, that builds the short game, what I call the short game. And, I mean, uh, you know, and at this time of year, I mean, things are greening up and whatnot. Like I said, and I, I have just learned to – Embrace what I am. Embrace what is still turkey hunting. You don't have to turkey hunt. You ain't got to be. You ain't got to walk five miles to kill a turkey. Everybody say, "Oh, you got to get way back in there and get away from the this now." Yeah, that sounds good. And if you got that time, that's what you. Turkey hunting is turkey hunting, and turkeys are gonna be turkeys. And it don't matter if it's the turkey on the back forty, or the tur- or the turkey's got his foot in the road. You know, he's still a turkey, and he's still gonna do turkey things. And if you'll be a turkey hunter and get yourself in the right position and call sparingly, you know, you making get away, you making yep to a turkey that's way back deep and can't hurt anybody, not near as many body. But the turkey I killed this morning, I mean, I'd, I'd heard him a couple of times earlier in the year, short gaming, and knew kind of there was turkey there, somewhere close, you know. And, uh, I mean, there's, uh, you know, I wound up doing something that I, you know, I just part of part of this morning was lucky, but I knew what he, where he was. I knew how to get to where, uh, as Kenny Rogers says, by the way, there's a song wrote for every situation in life. I, if you just think about it, there's a song. And so Kenny Rogers is know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I, I'm, I'm on the ridge that I think that turkey's coming to, or I think he's going to be on. And he winds up being one over east of me. And uh, and I'm like, so it's getting daylight and he's gobbling and doing something. And I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm, I'm still, I can drop off the backside of the hill and go way, way around and try to hope. But see, by the time you do that, every time I'm walking and doing that away from, and I can't keep inventory of what's going on, listening and keeping a bearing on him and know his demeanor. The whole time I'm going away from him, I'm I'm crippling myself. And if I go down and get close to creeks, I'm crippling myself. When you go down, 
my thing has always been, I'll you know, try to stay on target here. My thing's always been get that water, get that granola, and sit your butt down. You kill turkeys with your feet or your seat. There's two things. That's the only way you're going to kill turkeys. And you, you're an outlaw them. That's one way. If you're going to kill turkeys legal in the right way, you'll either do it with your feet, covering ground, or you'll do it on your seat, being patient. Two things. That's what you're going to do. Feet or your seat. And, but, and you, if you, if you're crippling your ears by going stupid stuff, and that's what most of these guys are doing, stupid stuff. They're going and chasing and, 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 cause I, I'll give you an example. I'm going deeper in this. If I'm an average guy and I'm in here and I'm just going to go hunting, or I've heard a turkey gobble and I'm, there I go, boogie, boogie, boogie. I'm going to him, right? Well, this morning, the first turkey I heard gobble was not the turkey I was after. So think about that. He was deeper. So what if I just said, oh, there's the first, first turkey I hear gobbling, boogie, boogie, boogie. Here I go down off of my point that I'm on and can hear. And I would have flushed that. Tur- oh, so that's what's happening. Turkeys are getting flushed, busted and everything. Because, see, I wound up hearing four or five turkeys. And we're in position. But I because I held my ground and pulled out that water and sat down, and just let it develop because I can't get to the turkey that I want to get to and, and to kill him. right now. I'm not in the position to kill him. Most guys don't know when they're in or not in that position to kill. They're just out there hunting, and they're not killing because they don't know when they're in the position to kill. I wasn't in the position to kill yet, so I was being very conservative. And, I mean, I, I called, saw, you know, but and I gave him stuff that I, Thought he would, you know, and just to throw my hat in there. But so I didn't call out. I'm not going to call out. I'm going to call as well as I can. I'm going to use my, if I can cluck and kill him. I, I know I say that and say it and say that. If I can cluck and kill him, I'm going to cluck and kill him. If all I got to do is cluck and it's going and give him two clucks or one, if, I, if he, hey, what's the object? Do I want to go out there and say, hey, buddy, don't you listen to this new uh, prototype, you know, aluminum, zazaz, the, the XYZ. Okay, 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 okay. I mean, and, you know, and I'm just burning him up. All I've done is educate him. I don't want a turkey to hear me till it's time to kill him. Going back to time, you know, and, and the perception, being able to perceive what's really going on here and dial in all them pieces. Remember I showed y'all, what, you know, I'm, I'm you know, You've got to perceive where and think through where the pressure's coming, what's happening, how has he been approached, what's he, you know. I mean, there was foot traffic uh, in this area. I mean, so it's turkey, you know, and these turkeys have been called to. I had my son in there. We were trying to, uh, you know, we made a play on this turkey um, last Saturday, I guess. I, anyway, but anyway, it was – and then I had to leave for Georgia and just got back and blah, blah, blah. So let me think about that. We, um, But a guy came in, had had moved from a truck here to a truck there, you know, and he came in. And, uh, you know, Jacob, my son, we, we were moving out on the re- – and, you know, a guy came in and, you know, with a wing bone, and he was calling you know, well for – but you could tell it was a wing bone or, you know, or trumpet of some kind. Then the turkey was answering. The guy could run it well, but still, he just kept pushing and kept pushing. And me and Jacob just, I said, Jacob, 
you know, it's time to go, but we're backing out. We're not going to get in a dangerous situation. I'm trying to teach my son to do it and do it right, but, you know, I want him to do it and be safe. You know, I don't want him to hurt, shoot, you know, wind up shooting somebody by mistake. I mean, you know, he knows to identify his target and everything, but still, and it was just getting to be a, a dicey situation. And the, the guy was just continuing to pressure, 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 push, push, push. And he didn't, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't, he wasn't going to kill the turkey doing what he was, what he was doing. So having all that information, I, you know, I try not to get too scattered. I, I, my mind works in so many gears at one time and I got so much, you know, I, I didn't have a turkey hunting book and, uh, and, and social media and all this stuff teach me. I learned it with my feet and my seat and the hard knocks. You learn it, Betty, I'll tell you what, you walk all the way in and drag yourself, your tail all over them ridges and stuff like I do. I don't, I don't hunt baby. You know, I don't hunt the good, the easy, man. You know, I've never had private and everything, uh, as we are doing stuff now. I mean, and having turkey call company and we're getting invited to go places and, uh, private places and everything, but I mean, I I enjoy what I do up here in these big mountains, and it's it's you know rugged and it's beautiful. But I mean, I like to hunt turkeys like that, and I can go and go and go, and if I want to go, and I got the time to go. But uh, again, it's that I think that word you need to energize our but would be perception, thinking of what and perceiving what's going on and where the pressures come from before and what the turkeys are doing and going to do. And being in the spot to kill, that would, I mean, I really don't know where to, I think this is an open-ended thing. You've left me too open-ended because I could just, I could just, oh. I could just follow the stream. Don't worry. That's, that's our job here to kind of help navigate because no, it, there, there's a lot more to it. A couple of things you've mentioned so far is the aspect of you're either going to kill them with your feet or kill them with your seat, either that patience or you're just going to keep running and gun and running and gun until you get that one turkey and just get in the right position. But when we're talking late season here, and being successful after, especially guys who've been out there talking like from an individual, like, hey, say there's there's listeners now, haven't had success yet. They've been hunting, and they've gone out 10, 12, 15 times, however how many times they've been out, they haven't had success. Instead of giving up right now, they can still go out there and find some of these birds and get on. But there's probably some things that you've just mentioned that maybe they've been doing wrong. Maybe running after that first bird that gobbles, and they're blowing other birds off the limb. And that's personally happened to me in the past. That's something, and that's something we've talked about a lot recently is, Sitting down and waiting till birds are on the ground and seeing how everything plays out. You know, if there's a gob, if, if there's a turkey gobbling in the dark, unless it's like an easy position to get to, and you know he's you know easy close to you, it's worth like you said sitting back and taking his temperature, figuring out what's going on, and seeing what you can do from there and have that patience. That's factor. perception. You're mm-hmm. perceiving. You're giving it time for you to learn a different part of turkey hunting in the game. The guys think that this is the way. This is the the rule book, there ain't no rule book in turkey hunting. You know, turkeys are going to be turkeys. I mean, you do it ethically, you know, not baiting and not shooting them off the limb and all that stuff. And, you know, not just driving around shooting them out the truck. I mean, you know, I'm talking about but the rule book. You know, the only rules in turkey hunting is, I mean, for, for the chess match of the hunter, ethical hunter like us, and the turkey itself, that chess match is there ain't no rules. He's going to do what he wants to do. And it's up to you to adapt. You know, I think that bigger thing is is, just, is one of the and is the perception piece is patience. Again, the P's, you know, patience, position, and pers- perseverance. Pers- you know, go and go, go. You know, it's hard as the dickens. It's hard. I mean, I'm an experienced turkey hunter. Been doing it a long time, and I, I guess folks will say I'm successful at it. But you know, 
I just went to a you know, great place over this last week in private land, you know, was invited to come hunt, blah, blah, blah. I mean, didn't hear turkeys. Turkeys wasn't gobbling. Well, you know, we found some, so, you know, we put ourselves in the best position we could, but I mean, we can't make the turkeys do what they ain't, you know, what they ain't going to do. So, but, you know, I'm a, I guess you say a veteran at it, you know, and I'm sitting here saying, you know, you got to keep going and you got to keep going. You got to go back to the truck, reposition or whatever. If the, the, the landowner wants you to move somewhere, you know, or whatever you do, it's that walk all the way back, go all the way in and get your stuff, backpack, and you got to walk into another another piece of property. And I mean, it's that persistence and it's, you know, hey, it can get in your mind, you know, you just, but you're hunting, old buddy of mine. Uh, I don't, where I first heard this was Doug Crabtree was telling me, he said, you know, you, you're hunting for the right five minutes. You hunt and you hunt and you hunt for the right five minutes. When he strikes, you do, you're, you're in the right spot and you call the right way and, you know, and he responds, you know, and it all, you think, man, whew, that was fun. You know, I mean, so I don't, I don't know where I was exactly about on, on the answering that question. Well, let me let me help navigate. Yeah, a navigate bit. me a so little bit. So you mentioned position and positioning and knowing when you're in a killing position versus out of position. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to touch on that a little bit more for listeners. Like like you mentioned this morning, you were on one ridge. the The turkey was on the ridge adjacent to you to your east. You weren't in a position right then and there to kill him, so you kind of let sit back and let him do his thing and figure out what he's going to do, and then figure out maybe hey, it might take me thirty minutes, an hour. Who knows how long for him to reposition to let me reposition, whatever. And you were able to do that and have success. Can you talk a little bit more about positioning, especially when you're taking the their perception and perceiving everything around you of how has this turkey potentially been called to previously, and how do I need to take that consideration, especially late in the season? Yeah, I mean. Like, like we talked about, sitting down, being patient, and listening. Because um, you know, I want to listen for the turkey. I, I I've got to take into account where he is and where the pressure has come from. So, I guess you know, I hate to every everything I'm giving you is, uh starts with a P, <laughs> but it's because we always talk about the three P's. You know, patience, position, perseverance. Just really about five or six or seven p's you know the patient's position perseverance perception you know uh but uh you know you either need to parallel or perpendicular there's two other game i mean there's two other things to think about this i'm parallel with that turkey this morning he's on this ridge and i'm on that ridge the ridges are parallel now for me to get this game to get into my situation, get me into a killing position. I've got to perpendicular this game some point in time, and I've got to find the right spot to do that. Oh, and or I've got to get in line with him on the same ridge with him, which everybody, you know, a lot of folks already know that, but see, I can't be parallel. I've got to be in line with him and then, or either I got to be perpendicular. And I got to pick that right spot to get perpendicular with him. And what I'm doing is looking at maps and everything, finding the places he should go. What I 
if I have the MRI, most recent information, mm-hmm. of knowing that he has a tendency. So I had a guy texting me this morning. He's got a turkey. He's working. He's wanting me to try to help him. I'm trying to, you know, help him all I can. I mean, there's nothing you can do. There's no book on woodsmanship. You learn it. And it's, it's hard, you know, and it dies with you. I try to pass it along to my sons and stuff. But, I mean, you know, it's it's what I pass. You know, I, I do what I do because that's what I know. That's what I've learned. There's no book or TV or social media or, you know, nothing like that that's taught me how to do what I just do what I do. And, uh, but this, this, I mean, this turkey this morning, I mean, generally, and, and what, I get a lot of questions about uh, knowing when to, you know, um, go down in a bottom with a turkey. I really don't want to go down in a bottom with a turkey. Um because usually the hens are feeding and they've took him down and if he's in the bottom he's got hens now, that's just a general rule but if he's up high gobbling he's begging for he's trying to let her you know hens hear him and come to him he's trying to gather hens so the general idea there is if he's up he's um looking and he should be able to be called to worked and killed if you can get in the right position and and have the right patience uh so then you know but those are generalities too i mean like this turkey this morning i'm parallel with him which is not good it's not i mean it's, it's okay for the game but it ain't to play it ain't the way to kill him but my information was that he wanted to be, I expected to be on my ridge, and he was one over. So I'm thinking that I'm in the game anyway because I, my perception is he's going to come here where I'm at. Called just enough that he knew I was there. I throwed my hat in the ring, throwed that spinnerbait over to him and let him, you know, let him hit it. Or he's seen it anyway. And was he going to follow it in or not? That's, you know, anyway. So, and I have to give time to let him be done with hens if hens are an issue. And I thought I heard a little bit of yelping and stuff, you know. So, I thought hens was in play. And they usually are early because he's gobbling. Hens coming to him. But they're getting on with them pretty now. You know, pretty much now. It's, it's, if they're still uh, uh, breeding, I mean, the hens coming in, it's, it's, it's you know, they don't always stay with them all the time, period. But as, as later in the season, you go talk about later in the season, too. I'm taking that odds into my favor because the hens, more hens are nesting, and so there's less hens for him to fool with, and then it takes him longer to be done with the hens he is getting involved with. You know, where you get problems is those barren hens or, you know, uh, I mean, and I don't know the. I'm not going to be say that I'm uh, – biologically qualified to talk about that, but I'll talk about it all I want to because it's my, it's my deal and that's the way I believe. I mean, I just I just 100% believe there's barren hens that uh, just stay with gobblers and stay with gobblers and stay with, you know, that sometimes they're the gobbler's best friend because he's sitting there drunk in love all, uh, you know, and, you, you know, you just can't get, he's always got her. I mean, she just, and she just don't nest or whatever, for whatever the reason is. I just seems like some turkeys in the past I've seen have a hen all the time. Even, I mean, it didn't matter when. First season, middle of the season, end of the season, he still had, you know, I just think there's some hens that are just barren and don't nest. So, I mean, that don't, 
don't help you none. But getting in the right position is those low spots, the gaps, the, the elevation changes, noticing the, the creek in the water, you know, and where they're feeding at, where they should be feeding at. And then, you know, I try my best to come at turkeys with the sun to my back. I try to go in and try on that sun to my back. But see, this morning I got, I got bamboozled. Sun was, he was, he had the sun in his advantage. So if I'd have got up and moved towards that turkey, the sun was going to be shining on me. And he was in a position, if I didn't know exactly where he was, was he just over the lip? Or what, you know, if he's up there strutting and it seemed like this turkey had got into a strut zone and was just sitting there just gobbling every now and then, every two, three, four, five minutes, I'd, you know, I'd get a, I'd get a gobble. I wasn't going to call anymore because that's the wrong thing to do. So that's what most folks do. They want to hear him gobble. Hearing him gobble ain't killing him. Hearing him gobble makes you feel good, but that ain't killing the turkey. That's the last thing you need to do is just keep pouring it, you know, a wing bone guy or trumpet man last weekend, you know, when I had Jacob, my son, and, you know, you know, he just kept just, and then the turkey gobbled to it. I said, you know, that's great. He's gobbling, but he's not going to kill the turkey. He's going to run him off, Jacob. Let's get out of here. You know, I'm sure that's what he did because, you know, Turkey quit gobbling, and we was walking out. And never heard him, you know. We was hearing the trumpet, and, and turkey quit gobbling. Turkey probably left and went on the backside. But going back to position, it's, it's finding those ways to get to a turkey when he can't see, finding those uh, low gaps, you know, points. Point ridges over creeks are always good. Turkeys like to roost over water. Uh, this was over water, these creeks, and then it was low, marshy uh, conditions there, actually, where I killed, finally, you know, killed this turkey this morning. Uh, but then knowing when to make a move, you know, you've got to let that turkey, you got to stay there long enough to listen to him. If he changes that tone and you know he's going off the lip, if he's up there in the strut zone, goblin, may have a hen or whatever, but if a hen leads him off, or if he just decides to go the other way, period, and he gives you that opportunity and gobbles off the lip, then you can make the move. But you better be ready to make the move. Better have your mind made up and ready to go because you got to be decisive when you do what you do. That's how I'm killing it. I know when to hold them and I know when to fold. On the general, I lose too. I mean, I get, but I get, I mess up too. I'm not perfect. You turkey hunter says he's 100%, he's a liar. You know, you, just, you ain't gonna kill him all the time. It's not gonna go your way every day. When you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configurations. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB hen, some days I might like the ghost cut. Some situations I might like the country girl call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations I might like the all pro that I can get a little bit softer on. Bottom line, there's something for everybody and something for every situation. And hey, you can get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls by using the promo code SOP24. That's SOP24. Use that promo code. It'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast. So this turkey this morning, uh, so you made the calls to him and he was gobbling every couple minutes and you kind of cut him off like not talk, not talking to him anymore. So you weren't giving him anything else. 
Uh, how did you end up killing that turkey? Can you walk us through like the rest of that hunt? Yeah, I mean, when he did gobble, what I finally made up my mind up there, when he did gobble and was consistently gobbling, it just seemed like he moved a little bit and then kind of made a drift away and kind of come back. I don't know exactly which gobbler it was. Uh, I mean, I, I heard two really good gobble that I think were really, really good turkey, and I heard some other ones that were probably subordinate. I probably killed a subordinate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I probably killed what I call lieutenants. Those big ones live because those lieutenants come get slip around them. While though while the while the, while the captains is up here and then the generals are sitting up here doing business and smoking Marlboros with them hens, them lieutenants <laughs> is finding you know they find a way to get around the game and get in and, and find you sometime. And that's a lot of reason why those generals keep smoking Marlboros and keep got, and they got that oh, they got that old deep voice every morning. Uh, you know, and, and I and I, I when the turkey gobbled, and I was poised to do that. He was, or the turkey that I was in right there that I was after, where it was, you know, where it wound up being the one I killed. Or I was looking for opportunity, and I was ready to do that when he gobbled again. He was in one of those every three, four, five minute, and you know, he just he just gobbling and just kind of right there. All right, so what I did, instead of giving him a call, I cut his gobble. So when he gobbled, I was sitting there just on ready, you know, and I, and, and changed to something. And I think I changed to the box call, and that's when he answered me, for sure. I mean, he answered me right because he gobbled, and I, and he answered right. Instead of just one gobble, and it's five minutes before I heard again, he was, you know, he gobbled, and as soon as he did that, I was, I mean, I was sitting there on ready. So I cut him. As soon as he heard that, he was like, he gobbled me. He gobbled again, answered me. Cut. Uh, so then I knew he had, he knew I was there. And I was confirmed. So now it gave, it, it actually put the game into another stalemate because instead of continuing to call to get him to gobble more, I had to sit and be patient, put that call down. Don't worry about it no more. Just let it be. Relax and let it be. And he stayed there. All right. So, and finally, I thought that I heard him drift off the back just a little bit. So when I, he gave me that, I was ready to make my move because I didn't, I'm sitting there saying, I'm either going to kill him right here because he's going to come on over or he's going to give me that. He's going to make that move to go off the backside and I'm going to then make the perpendicular move to him. And I already had that figured out. On my maps and by my terrain, I done picked me a, a, a low crevice in the to get from my the, the ridge I was on to that to give me that gap to get over there and climb up and get on his level, which I would be in straight line with him, not parallel anymore. I'd be straight in line with him. So when he did that and gave me that, I thought he was over thing. I made my move off the ridge and stay on top of the ridge top. That's hard to do too, cause it's, it's it takes extra work. Everybody wants to watch walk those ridge roads on the top. If there's ridges or trails up on top, that's where it's easy to do. It's where everybody else is walking. Number two, I mean that's number one. That's everybody else is doing that. Number two, they can silhouette you as easy as can be, and they can hear. It was quiet morning this morning. Everything you do, you know, they can hear. So. What I try to do is be very cautious and quiet, and I'll drop off the backside 
and it's harder walking because my ankles is getting rolled because I'm I'm not on that I'm I'm going around to get to where I want to go I'm 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 going to drop instead of walking the easy way to get down there I'm dropping off and coming around and then coming up over and then I'm hitting that low and I'm easily I mean I'm and I'm cautiously I'm slow and I mean I'm I'm stealthy I'm ninja truly ninja so and so I just want to explain it for the listeners just to get a better idea you you dropped off the backside of your ridge when he went off the backside of his ridge. Yes. Started side hilling off the opposite side of where that turkey was at. So, again, less likely he's going to hear you. Of course, he's not going to be able to see you. And then once you get to the perfect point down your ridge, you're going to cross your ridge. Perpendicular. Drop, perpendicular. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. There's, there's parallels yep. and then there's perpendiculars. And that perpendicular line is the shortest amount of line that gives you the shortest amount of distance to be able to come across that top of that ridge through some little low spot you were talking about and cover cover and be able to get you over there to where he's at. That's right. Absolutely. So that, yeah, that's awesome. No, well, I was going to say, and and just the aspect of not continuing to call again, Mm. I'm so guilty of it, but it's like the aspect of like, you get that bird to gobble or get him to answer you. And you're like, Oh, I got to hear him again. It's like, oh, like, just, oh, like, it's I got to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to make sure. I got to make sure. No, you just want to hear him. It makes you, it's your ego thing, man. You yeah. want to know that the turkey, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I heard one he gobbled. He asked me 10 or 12 times, but did you kill the turkey? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, I don't care how many times. I want him to answer me once. Mm-hmm. I want to call him and get my job is to call and kill. And, and that's one of those situations. And like, Andrew, we talked about earlier before we started recording, like your two birds, mm-hmm. that kind of was that situation, you know, they respond to a call. You shut up and just see, is he going to gobble again to let you know where he's at? Or is oh, he yeah. coming all the way in? That's what I did with that first turkey. He got he got across the valley from me. So he was on a knob and I heard him uh, on the roost. And he, uh, he ended up gobbling, I think, on the ground once or twice. And he moved off and he crossed a big creek bottom. And when I found out he was over there, when I heard him over there, I went and got right where he had been. That's right. And he kept gobbling on his own. And I called a little bit and he wouldn't answer me. And so I put the mouth call in and I sat there and I was waiting. And when he gobbled, I, I hit him hard with it. I cut off his gobble. He cut me off in return, just like you're talking about. And then I stopped and he showed up. He came in silent like 35 minutes later. That's a good move, though, to go to where they were. Mm-hmm. Or if they were roosted and came down and did, they, they already feel comfortable there, confident. They feel like the game's being played. And it's kind of an ego thing for them, too. They I think it is. I mean, I think it's like uh, picking on their integrity or their manhood because they gobbled over there all morning, and now I'm Sally over here <laughs> ye- yelping, where you been, big boy? Where you at? Put up <laughs> shut up. Come back over here. You know, so I, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a good mo- – I mean, that you know, I do that a lot, you know, a lot, just going back to where they were. If, you know, if he leaves that – because that's your first play. That's your best play. Just go back where he was. And see if he'll come back. And if he ever answers you there, I'd spend time there. Mm-hmm. You know, give him time to come back and check it back out. Yeah. It, it, I was going to say, that brings us to just one point, just with what you're saying, Mike, is the idea of, or not the idea, but the, it's the understanding of like calling a turkey to an area that he's comfortable with. Like, uh, so, and we, we brought this up a, little, a couple weeks ago, but it's the idea of like, if he's already been there, he's comfortable in that spot. Versus if you're trying to call into an area, especially if you've been listening all morning, you're listening to this gobbler, you're listening to what he's doing. If you're trying to call into an area that he hasn't been, or for some reason he's not going that direction, it's almost like it's a harder selling point to him versus if you go to that area he's already been to, 
or an area he's heading to and there's sign there or you have the knowledge that, hey, there's been, you know, gobblers in this area before off this one little ridge point or wherever you're hunting, it's easier to call him into an area that, again, that he's more comfortable with. Um, and that's kind of like just what y'all were just going back and forth mm-hmm. on is going to where that gobbler had been all morning, calling from right there. He's already been there. He's comfortable. Come right on back and get shot in the head. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. You know, and getting back to where you wanted me to tell you about killing the turkey this morning. Uh, the only variable in this that um, is not really explainable to uh, your listener is as I made my approach, and I'm very stealthy and quiet, I'm being very slow. I'm trying not to be – movements need to be steady, slow. Don't break sticks, but, you know, cautious with my feet. And I'm quiet, and I'm fixing the, the going through those drainages because that's where the dampness is. There's less leaf litter to, to you know. There may be some rocks and water, or something. May, but, the, but if you those drainages are the place to move. A lot of times, drainages is where you find your sign of feeding because all your food is washing to those drainages. A lot of times, the the, the critters themselves, the deer and turkey, if you ask for, you'll see a lot of movement is there because those are easy gaps for them to cross too. So, I mean, a lot of times you get rendezvous points at those places. That being said, that's exactly what happened to me with this turkey. I got down to a spot and realized, trying to analyze the ridge line above me where I last heard him gobble, the depth of the creek bottom that I got to get across, what cover was there, and then what was I going to do when I got you know, because I didn't think, I mean, my mind was I wasn't going to kill him in the creek bottom. My mind was I was going to get over on the ridge with him, get off of the parallel and get perpendicular. You know, I was going to get over there and then get in line with him. Well, my gut instinct that you can't, you can't explain gut instinct. I stopped at the spot where I didn't present myself into. I mean, this drainage is there, ridge, you know, and drain. So, and then the bottom is there, and then that other ridge he's on, and I'd last heard him right here, uh, you know, 45 degrees water up, up on that ridge on that low gap over there. Uh, I stopped back before I just kept plundering to go down to the actual opening of the bottom to sit there and make my analogy of what I'm fixing, to do, where am I fixing, what's going to be, I want to get, if, if this thing was going to work the way I thought it was going to work, I don't want to ponder. I don't or, or uh, you know mess around in that. I, I my perpendicular game is slow and methodical, but it's decisive. I'm going to do this, and but I stop back before I present myself into a position of being in the bottom. So still enough ridge and you know the bottoms here. I'm still got cover and you know. And I soft caught because I hadn't heard the turkey in a good long time. And I should have heard him. So I, I was either confirming to myself that I was correct and he did go off the backside and he's not here. But I could not take for granted that he might still be. So that's another thing. I'll throw this one. A lot of guys just think that they're gone. He ain't gobbling no more. He's gone. Oh, no. He's still 90% of the time right there. And that's exactly what this turkey was. Before I made my play 
on or step into the finish my perpendicular move to get on the ridge with him, I stopped and soft called right there and played it right because he had come down and was in that bottom. And he was really just right there. So when I soft called, again, I don't want to say get the old, giving the old supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, trying to make him strike because I think he's, I'm, you can always make another call louder if you think you need to, but I'm soft, conservative, you know. So, I mean, I just soft. <laughs> he was right. I was able just to finish the deal. Melt. I try to always be close to a tree when I do call that I can sit down in case that happens. That's another one of those things you guys need to look instead of looking and scrambling and all that stuff. Uh, you know, so I had a tree right there. I was able to just melt into, you know, turkey and just in minutes was, you know, I could see him. He was presenting, you know, coming around. He's looking for me and there's water between me and him. He walked to, he just walked in the creek. But I mean, you know, people say, you know, don't do water in there. That's, that's, that's bogus. I mean, yeah, I've seen a little nothing stop them from coming. But I mean, turkeys going to be turkeys and they're going to do what they want to do. But, you know, so that worked out for me this morning because I really think, though, after perceiving everything that happened, and I try to learn every time I go in the woods and every time I come out, that he was working his way. I just said I was looking for the most best route for me to get to him. I think he was coming to the best route to get to me. If I'd have stayed on my ridge, and been hard-headed, I actually think he would have eventually, it took him 30 more minutes, but I think he would have been on my ridge. I think me and him both gave up on each other at the same time, and I just got lucky and met him in the middle. Oh, wow. That's that's a, that's a, so you killed him, like, let me make sure I'm understanding this. So you got your ridge, there's a draw coming off your ridge, you drop down that draw into the main creek bottom, and he was in that creek bottom, Probably about to come up that same draw that you I were think in. he was actually mm-hmm. coming. I think I met him. You know, he was destined to die. <laughs> yeah. And all I had to be was in the right place. Yeah. And know when that's the only, and the only intangible that you can't explain is that I, I just felt I needed to soft call right when I did before I pushed on out. I was back, you know, off that edge of what would become the bottom. Uh, you know, 20 yards or so maybe. And I soft called from there and he answered. And I knew then I made a mistake. And, you know, he, he, or it may have been a different turkey. One male went off the backside and one male came down. Mm-hmm. I knew they were more, there were multiple birds in there this morning. Uh, and like I said, uh, when he did, when he did that, I was able just to ease down, you know, yeah, finish the, you know, another one more soft call. And, and he was looking for me. And and then I mean, but I, I I think that we just met in the middle. I think he, as I found the easy. Now they don't have to have. They can, you know, they're turkeys. They got those. You know, I always said, man, I like it when you can call them over here because I'd rather his feet climb his mountain than me have to go down there and get him and me tote him out of there. <laughs> you know, I want to call him over to me. But uh, I just think you know this morning the way it worked out, timing was everything. And uh, I mean, we. I, but I think he was looking to find i think he would have come right up the draw 
that I actually went down. I, I, I honestly believe that he yeah. would, if I hadn't called again and he would, and, and I'd stayed on top, he would have came right up there and came to me. Yeah. It was just not his day. Mm-mm. Well, uh, so how, what time did you kill that turkey? Like, how long was this entire hunt? Uh, I mean, it was from daylight. They, you know, started gobbling at daylight and I killed the turkey about 9 15, 9 20. So from daylight, daylight was at six. So three hours. Uh, yeah. This, so this whole hunt, uh, you know, that all that spans over three hours. Yep. So I mean, I sit and didn't move for, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half or more. At your original listening mm-hmm. spot, nice. Okay, didn't move. It well, and see, that's what I wanted to touch on is the aspect of later in the season that that patience, but also being persistent with a specific bird and not giving up on them, especially if the 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 if the turkey stopped gobbling, not completely say, oh, he left or whatever else, because I'm guilty of it. I think a lot of people are. You hear that? Oh, turkey's gone. You think the turkey's gone, you get up to walk, and you walk 80 yards and, and then flush them. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, dad, gum it. He was just standing there strutting yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to like, you know, green up happening, more leaves on the trees, what are some of those other mistakes you think guys make later in the season that maybe is making it harder on them or is perceived harder to kill a bird later in the season? Uh, you know, you hear a lot of guys saying, oh, man, it's hard to hear him because the leaves are on the tree, which in some areas is definitely can be the case. can't hear him as clear. But is there anything with like leaves on the tree that's a factor that you think of like some people use it as an either an excuse or something for them not having success later in the season? Uh, I mean, there would be theory to that. I mean, I think, um, I'm, yeah, you can't hear as well. I, I I get that, but then you're taking an element of he can't see as well either. But one thing I I caution people. Uh, in a two-fold answer i mean i caution guys what kind of noise they're making when they're setting down you know you get you coming up through there boogie 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 and you got all you stuff i you know i like the buddy system i like somebody to walk with me sometimes to, to double check me uh that I mean you know listen to when walking make sure i ain't got something that i'm not paying attention to I try to, I think I'm a pretty perceptive person. I don't want anything making noise, clickety clack and bumping, you know, making stupid noises and everything. Guys don't pay attention to their, their whole setup. You know, to me, everything needs to be right. Quiet, stealthy, ninja. I mean, what, I mean, ninja is a good word. Turkey, you know, turkey hunters are ninja. That's where we, we trademark that turkey ninja. That's just, to me, turkey hunter is a turkey ninja. Um, uh, but guys just sit down wrong. They just make you all this, or and they slop back on a big old pine tree and all that bark. Well, let me think about that. How much did that turkey hear that in, in that sin that synthetic cloth of scraping on that or sliding in, and then they want to get all comfortable and everything? I mean, to me, I just caution that perception again that you're pitching you're you're you know you're you're doing things that you're hipping you're tipping him off and another big thing when i it is it happens when you don't have cover and foliage either but i think it happens worse when there is foliage is guys don't realize they look like a sasquatch coming through the wood sound like a you know coming through the woods and everything you got not just limbs anymore now you got 
brush grabbing and dragging on you. And like if you sit down on a tree or bumping something, let me explain to you. I mean, unless the wind's just howling and everything, if a turkey's moving and, and you're pushing back, on, you're on a sapling instead of on a good tree that's got you. Or if you're beside and you reach over and you push up on that, that big old sapling's up there just a waving like that. He don't have to see you. He saw all he needed right there. Something ain't right. He ain't coming. Mm. I mean, so all that stuff that you're sitting and moving and doing the limb cover and everything makes a big difference to me. I mean, and you know, I don't use a sling. I just tote my gun on my shoulder. And I think a lot of times guys do, you know, weird, you know, picking up and getting that gun off her, you know, it should just drop off. But, I mean, I think guys wind up undoing their I – mean, it's just, just personal preference and a thing, but I'm I'm anal about things. You know, I think that's why you got to be to kill turkeys. I mean, I always try to – everything's from here down. I don't want to do anything up. You know, I just want to keep all – and I want to be careful about what I'm bumping as far as for noise and for movement. Because you're, you know, you reach up to pull up or reach up to adjust yourself and, you know, grind yourself into that tree bark anymore and make crackling noises that ain't, but you grab a, you know, and that thing shakes. Well, that thing may be 12 foot in the air and he may not could see you right where you are, but right there, he did. It's like you're waving a big old flag. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Saying, yeah. here I am. Just shaking. Run away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it makes perfect sense. Hey, guess what? What? Guilty of that this morning. Oh, man. <laughs> we're going through this, and I'm like, yep, did that this morning. Did that. I'm going to send you all a bill for all, this, for all this education I'm getting now. Uh, well, um, I, I, I wanted to get into we're, – we're coming up on an hour here, so yeah. kind of getting close to wrapping up. Uh, one of my last questions is when it comes to the turkeys themselves this time of year, Green up's happening. There's all kinds of stuff growing in the woods. Maybe food sources are changing and everything. Do you typically find turkeys in the same spots that you were finding them in early season when you're playing that short game? Or are you having to relocate them because because of the change in the habitat they've shifted? I mean, I'm, again, trying to be perceptive of where I think or I'm seeing hens move to. So I see a shift in – sometimes the gobblers are just there and they're not going to do anything. The hens are going to do – they let it be and they're just – gobblers are just home-ranged. And, but then you got those satellites that just go looking for, you know, looking for – just going, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for hens. I mean, you got to figure he's breeding, you know, short time of the year and he's just looking for any hen that will mate. You know, so, uh, and that's just his drive to do that. So, I mean, but some of them are hermit and they just stay right there in their air and either they just know every hand and, you know, and just, and they're satisfied or whatever. But my, my perception there is, and my thinking is I'm looking and trying again to perceive what I think is going on and it's where have the hands gone? Now, I, to me, I see gobblers shift towards where I think nesting areas are to be closer to try to pick up one in case you did get off the nest and decide, hey, you know, because really 
by biologically speaking, what I understand, again, I'm no biologist, but my understanding is they can, you know, be fertile for every egg on one mating, but yet they may sit for that. I mean, they may lay down for that gobbler. They may mate. I don't know what to, how many times the hens will, will mate and how many gobblers they'll mate with. Supposedly, there's a pecking order, and she, ain't, you know, that's, again, theories. I'm not a biologist, so theories. But supposedly, if she's been bred one time, she's done. I mean, she could be fertile for the whole the whole clutch and everything. So, But that doesn't mean he ain't out there trying. And, you know, I, I what I do is I look for where, if I'm looking for a turkey, and later i'm looking for that shift of where are the hens nesting where should they be nesting in this this area or that area and is there a shift and change where's her best place to get a quick drink and a quick bite and get back on you know how's all this play into the actual perceived game here i mean you know the whole overall scope of the picture i only look for that I don't concentrate on it. I'm still concentrating on where I'm seeing and have seen sign, scratching, tracks, visuals, hear goblin. Uh, you know, I, to me, that I don't. I don't think I changed my game there. I think I'm just going back to where I think the turkeys mm-hmm. and I'm playing. And, you know, I'll just if I feel like I need to. You know, but I'm letting the goblin tell me that. If I'm hearing a turkey that's been gobbling out on the end of this ridge, and now all of a sudden he's not there, you know, and I'm, I've got to determine if he's dead, or you know, is is he hinned up, or you know, what's the, you know what's happened, or is the okay, I hear a turkey, and he's right over, the, he's okay, could that be that same turkey? He's two hundred yards further. Uh, why is he two hundred yards further? All right, like this morning, I thought. The turkey I was going after was on the ridge that I was on at daylight, and he wound up being one over. And every and this turkey was one over there to the west. So now he's moving and shifting now. And the turkeys that I heard a week or two ago, short gaming was there was two turkeys and they were two ridges so what i'm seeing is the game is moving so something's happening of you see because the rest of the turkeys i heard gobble was you know not just the one that was on this parallel ridge it was past you know was was here and you know so my thinking is and when i left when i walked out and took me four forevers and and you know, got back. But when I got, I went and drove down and just to get another perception to put the you know what could why why you know okay. either the hens are moving that's putting them there or the food source and the, the food source is not changing. I mean, it's greening up. They can get some green, but they got little green stuff. They want to snip on stuff on the creeks and along the roads or. I mean, there's no acorns, right? I mean, other than, you know, rot, they're rot. I mean, you know, so, I mean, they're getting bugs, you know, rains and bringing centipedes and that kind of stuff up on those road beds. And then, the, you know, as the bugs are starting to develop, I mean, that's, you're getting warmer weather and the bugs are starting to develop. So they're eating that protein and everything. And they're, and they're just picking up a acorn here and there. And, you know, uh, 
you know, one thing is these, uh, uh, like those bagworm type, these worms and stuff that start getting on like white oaks and other trees during the year. Uh, and as it gets later in the year in them, you know, I listen for they, them things are pitter patter like rain. If you start listening and being perceptive and you can find turkeys because that's just like acorns falling. Those bugs and those worms are on those trees and they start just, I mean, if you're sitting under one, it's, it'll gross you out because, you know, they'll, they'll be falling on you. You know, and there's a little worm. I mean, it's just, you know, it ain't going to hurt you none, but I mean, it's the, mm-hmm. the, yeah, I, I, you just don't like no worm falling on you. you know, so, <laughs> yeah, but I have been right there and that's because that's where turkeys was feet. I mean, I've killed turkeys with them things, just them crawl be full of them and you kill them and they'll just be crawling out of them still alive, you know. <laughs> It's kind of gross, but I mean, you you hunting for food source. I mean, turkeys is opt, opportunistic. They just gonna go in that protein of that worm, and that was, I think it's I think it's this old bag worm. It is, but it's a lot of time they're on white oaks and stuff. Too. And so, I mean, you know, and that's a weird thing because white oaks a food source with the, the you know number one acre that white that the, that the critters like and turkeys like, but then uh, that worm is falling off of it too. It, but it's later in the year, so you're picking up another, that. That is where food sources do change. Rain brings like centipedes and bugs up on uh, roadbeds, and they gotta have gravel. So I mean, you know, you're looking for gravel, sand. You're looking for sources of things that they gotta have anyway. So when you're able to put all that into the big, big picture, uh, I think it, you know, it gives you more of a big picture when you allow yourself to perceive the whole what's going on mm-hmm. and getting yourself into position to kill the turkey instead of just hearing gobble. Yeah. I, I was going to say one way you could almost recap this episode is just uh, your perception and perceiving what is happening. Big picture, not just what's happening with maybe this specific turkey that you're listening to right now, but also everything around you from, you know, potential areas that he's going to be going to what the other turkeys are doing what the hens are doing it's all this perception that you're putting together which you're overlaying that's part of woodsmanship is this perception absolutely so it's using that woodsmanship to put yourself in the right position and that's how you're having success late into the season when a lot of other guys are just kind but of how many it. guys are doing what i what you just described telling me back what i've just told you in the last hour how many guys are doing it they're the the average turkey hunter is you know, how many years in, he might have killed one or two, he may kill one, you know, and, you know, he just, he's going by the book. And I told you 30 minutes ago, there ain't no book. Turkey's going to do what turkeys do. Turkey's going to be turkeys. So, but he's got it scripted in his mind that he, I should go to right here. I should walk to right here. I should owl hooty hoo. Turkey should gobble. I should try to get within a hundred yards and, and I, Call on my whatever, and, and, and if he answers me, you know, I ain't supposed to call no more, but I liked it when I – it made me feel good when he answered me, and I believe he needs to hear me one more time, and I'm going to call again. You know, so they're reading the, they're reading the script that's killing them. They're, they're, their own medicine's killing their ability to kill a turkey. I mean, it's – you sometimes – you got to slow it down, and you got to – see the big picture and sometimes you need to look at it instead of with them jaded glasses you need to take them things off and look at it in reality this is what's happening i mean that sounds pretty deep i sound like i'm some kind of guru but you know (laughs) that's killing turkeys 
Absolutely. Well, Mike, I just want to say we, we appreciate you spending this much time with us today because, you know, this podcast for about an hour, 10 minutes in or so, but we've talked for probably about two hours. Took mm-hmm. a tour of the shop. Yeah, took a tour of the shop and the whole nine yards. And uh, I appreciate you spending some time with us, especially after having a busy day today, killing a turkey and yeah, a lot of work and stuff going on today. Um, it's guys like you to me that gets people like myself and other listeners fired up about turkey hunting because you're able to articulate it from a a perspective of not only experience but from that woodsmanship as well uh you know i I know some guys i'll say there's a correlation especially guys hunting public land with uh that kill a lot of turkeys uh again legally and ethically with woodsmanship there's a correlation there the the guys are most consistent they're great woodsmen um and that's the one big takeaway i feel like with this is there's it comes with a lot of experience. We mentioned earlier, you can't teach woodsmanship. You can't pass it along to the next generation. You do we, your best to show it and everything. I think I think that's one of those things, too, guys, that I've um, come down to. When I started, you know, nobody told you anything, period. And then I've caught myself, you know, as I learned, I wanted to, and, you know, I was, I was close to the vest about everything that I thought, said, or did, you know, and – and then as I got into the business of what I'm doing, I realized I was having to build tools, the calls and everything, to help guys go call turkeys. I mean, I was, you know, can you imagine if I was the only guy, if I'd kept all these calls, if I'd only built my calls and I had to call, I felt like the Pied Piper when I was out there, honestly. When I was out there and nobody else had a Woodhaven call, hardly but me. I mean, I could go in them public woods and you'd just come out of a road and, or, you know, a gated thing. And, and I might drive and say, hey, do you have any luck? Or, you know, and you might have known you, mm-hmm. and, you know, and say, hey, do you have any luck in there today? And, no, nah, I heard one early, but I ain't heard none of And say, you want to go back in? And, you know, some folks say, man, no, nah, I'm tired. I got to go. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't heard nothing gobble all morning. You know, and I'd go back in. Either he'd go, you know, go. I just, I just remember instances happening to me. That I would go right back, or a guy go right back in, and I'd start, I'd start calling on what I was, you know, my mouth calls. The time I didn't make it was a V two, V three, and a V four, and an old yellow two reeded call I called a hornet, and then I, uh, you know, started making those pot calls. And I remember the first year I, I put aluminum in my walnut pot, uh, and and, it, and what I did, I mean, man, if I struck, I mean, but anyway, we, I could go right back in a spot where you just came. And the guy said, I ain't heard but one heard him early. He shut up. I could go right back in there and strike calls and have five or six start gobbling. And that just made then I mean, I really knew I was on something. But saying all that to get put back to my point, I think it comes down to then I realized not only was I trying to help guys with the calls, but then I started relaxing because people was asking me questions and I felt that grit and that grain and that turkey hunter and that that old school in me you know pulling back and not wanting to do and then I you know I, I dealt with that and relaxed and everything so I think one of the big I said all that to say this I think it's guys like me that will relay the truth you know I know Primo's has got to think the truth about or whatever you know their thing so I'm not trying obviously not trying to step on that but the i think it's guys like me not that i'm anybody but i think um my willingness to share i think that's one thing sometimes i I got over like i said earlier when we started guys coming in from out of town and being angry or bitter or whatever i mean i've you know i had a guy bump a turkey off me the other day that i surely had dead just in a matter of just a few more seconds 
and turkey took off and i didn't know what was going on all of a sudden the guy mark and saw come walking up there and was i mad at him no i whistled and went over and shared with him and and uh you know just told him what he i you know i said he said i didn't think i'd take it to me i said turn around and watch look where you came from he can see forever and uh, he saw you way before you got in there or either you either you broke a stick or did something unnatural and you know so you know so you're sharing being and just relaxing and enjoying and backing off and just saying you know what it's all gonna be all right and i'll kill one tomorrow or kill one the next day or something you, you ain't got to kill every day i mean you ain't got to kill all the time i mean i try to take other people and you know i i take a lot of you know, i got my son i'm still working uh with and uh you know and then i've took other kids in the youth season and first part of the season took some other men early in the season as i could and uh, you know, and then we've done a couple trips and, you know, again, it's been one of those years. I mean, I've called up more turkeys the first part of this year probably than I ever have. Just, I mean, just turkey after I ever, ever responded, I've been in the right spot and we just ain't had that many shot opportunities. I mean, I just, you know, didn't either have a shot or the kid or the person didn't, you know, just, I, or just didn't have a, a good shot. I didn't, you know, I, I was a little worried about something. I shot a, First turkey I killed this year, I shot a cypress knee down in Florida and went down to a place I'd never been before, went in blind, picked a couple spots on on X and said, this is where I think turkeys ought to be. And then, you know, next morning, it kind of, as the morning developed, turkeys wound up being gobbling in those spots and we moved, you know, and then it took a day or two, you know, and I, I you know, lying right up on the turkey, the cameraman said, I got him and I touched that trigger and, you know, and I'm rolling up to go down there and get him and all of a sudden he's he's standing and coming right around he's gonna get right back on that hand and he i plain missed him so i mean i'm just stunned but i'm got enough wisdomship on me to lock back down and now i'm this much higher up off the ground and i'm i made sure i'm on him and me you on know, and folded him up right then but when we went back and looked how i missed that but my pattern just caught the top of a i could see the turkey right down my dot and everything but i this that knee so anyway it made me paranoid out of the gate this year i've kind of been there's been other times i should have put a trigger and like i had a turkey earlier we're all coming right down the road bed picture perfect he'd come gobbled got on the road bed he's coming right to me i said man ain't no need me touching this trigger to gets about 25 30 steps because he's coming he's coming coming he got to about inside 50 and my gun to kill him inside 50 with those ninjas and he just stopped and stepped off there you go. Who knows? Who, you know, the rule is kill him when you can. So, I mean, I, you know, there's different. So we don't need to, we, 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 we'll never end this podcast if I don't shut up. So <laughs> I'm going to shut up and go find me something else. To, I got plenty to do, I promise you. Uh, so, oh, Mike, we appreciate you coming on, man. So, uh, oh, y'all welcome. I mean, like I said, I just think it's that ability to share and a willingness. If you got the ability, you got something to share with somebody and help them, why not help them? I mean, and then, having it within me to be able to share with guys you hope it you know if it helps one or two or five or six or ten or twelve or a hundred it doesn't matter it's just the willingness to share and help to me i think it's important Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. 
We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you're like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple of years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com.